Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Let's think of it this way. Agape love is the love of the mind. It's not eros, the sexual love. It is the love of the mind. It overrides our feelings. Our feelings are real. Men tend to be pouters. But instead of pouting, we are to agape love. We are to let love override our feelings in our daily and long-term decisions regarding our wives and our families. We've been talking about marriage and have completed our study on wives. Now we turn to husbands. While the Apostle Paul's words to wives sounded strange to us, it would have been his words written to husbands that would have been shocking and radical in the first century Roman Empire. In those days, many men considered wives to be property to be used and managed. But the Apostle paints the picture of God's original intention of equality and mutual submission in serving one another in love. Today, the Lord calls husbands to put their wives before themselves in a life of sacrificial love as they live out the way of Jesus. This teaching will revolutionize marriages. Here's Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 5. We have been talking about Holy Spirit-filled, wise, submitted to one another, followers of Jesus. And last week we applied it to wives with that classic verse, Ephesians 5, that all the wives love to hear. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I have to admit that the ladies did well. I did not receive any death threats this week. I did not receive any nasty letters. However, there was one very, very hysterical call from a wife. Uh, She called me on my cell phone. I was driving the car and uh, with my headset, so don't feel bad. I wasn't talking, just on my cell phone. And uh, she was sobbing and crying, and I could barely understand her. She said, Pastor Jim, we had a really, really bad fight. And and it was just awful. I, I said some things I never, ever should have ever said to my husband. I wasn't a submissive wife at all. And I said, you know, I was trying to be pastoral and comforting, and I said, don't worry about it. All couples have fight. It's normal. It's going to get better. Remember we talked about how that can actually grow your love together? She's still crying and sobbing, and, you know, I said, well, do you want me to pray for you? She's like, no, 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 not at all. She said, you're not answering my question. I said, what's your question? She said, what do I do with the body? So let's remember last week, verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. We said that it was a misunderstood, misused, and abused by some verse, and it was supposed to be, that is something that is to be voluntary. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife. Uh, We said that for most Bible scholars, the debate is not the word submit. The debate is what does the word uh, head mean? For the husband is the head of the wife, also as Christ is the head of the church. We said 
Some people perceive that to mean leader or authority. Others, that's a oneness illustration, or it could be both. The head and the body are attached. And he is the savior of the body, which we said could be the protector. Verse 24, therefore, just as Christ is, uh, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And if we had ended it there, it would be very easy to think that all of the obligations are on the wife. Now, if you were with us last week, we said that uh, the radical calls of the New Testament would not be to the wives. If you looked at you know, around the audience when this was being read to the congregation at the church in Ephesus, most of the wives would be like, well, we know all this. We know all this. And the husbands would like, be like, yeah, honey, you're hearing this? You're listening to this? The radical calls would, in the New Testament, are to the husbands. In the Greco-Roman uh, culture of uh, Ephesus, Ephesus part of the Roman Empire, but heavily influenced by Greek culture, Husbands had no real obligations to their wives. Basically, they ruled the roost. And so the Bible's obligations and calls to men were what was radical. The Bible equalized marriage, which was a foreign concept to the ancient world. Most people think today that, oh, the Bible is oppressive of women. It doesn't understand their history well enough to say, that the apostle was just stating what was going on and he was upping the call to men in that culture. And the word of God gives men a job or a role in marriage. And love, which we're going to talk about tonight, is not taking an advantage. And the opposite is to be of, of taking advantage is to be loving. And perhaps if you wanted to put head, what head means, into one word, it might be the word responsibility that the man has a very huge responsibility in the marital relationship. Now remember that section, this section started Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Then we covered that section last week, we just read on, the, on wives. And let's jump all the way down to the end of chapter 5 at verse 31, and we get the summary. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there is a oneness there. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So there's a divine element to marriage. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, husbands... Counselors of husbands, you say, I'm not a counselor of a husband. You will be at some point in time asked about husband and wife relationships. So as soon as you start to talk, you are a counselor. My question to you is, are you ready? Are you ready? You don't look ready. The wives are ready. The husbands don't look so ready. Verse 25, husbands. This is not an option. This is a command. Love your wives. This is the word agape. We'll talk about that in a second. Husbands, agape your wives. How? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Where did he give himself for her? On the cross. So, so you thought that the woman's part was hard. This is a tall order and radical. 
Now, let's notice here, because there's all kinds of words that are put in for what a husband's supposed to do and what it means for a, for a wife to submit to her husband. Notice the Apostle Paul doesn't say, Husbands, rule your wives. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, Husbands, lord it over your wives. Nope, he doesn't say that either. He doesn't even say, Husbands, lead your wives. He simply says this, husbands, agape, love your wives. Agape love is the highest form of love. It is a self-sacrificial, self-giving love, that same kind of love that Jesus had for his bride, the church. Let's think of it this way. Agape love is the love of the mind. It's not eros, the sexual love. It is the love of the mind. It overrides our feelings. Our feelings are real. Men tend to be powders. But when, instead of pouting, we are to agape love. We are to let love override our feelings in our daily and long-term decisions regarding our wives and our families. Agape love has decided to love. D for decided, not D for demand. Agape love loves whether it is returned or not, even if it is responsible for love, that kind of love, whether it, we feel like we are being loved or not. Now, whatever head means, Jesus was the head who came to serve. He came to wash feet. He died on the cross instead of the bride. Men, like the wives, had to do last week, and we talked about last week, this is the kind of love that puts your spouse first. A life lived in sacrificial love for your wife. Now, over the years, I have come across men who are their kind of tyrant husbands. I wonder if they're even really followers of Jesus. I wonder if they're really even born again. I have come across husbands that have taken this submissive thing completely out of context, and I wonder if they are followers of Jesus at all, and this has happened throughout the ages. Now, this is one thing I think a lot of us probably have to realize. I think we enter into marriage too easily, and I think we also enter marriage in, in, with an American kind of mindset, and they got married and they lived happily ever after. Might I tell you, those are called fairy tales. <laughs> and sometimes people who think that every day at, of marriage is going to be a sunny day at the beach are living a fairy tale. Men, marriage is a call to grow up. It is a call to grow up, but much, much more than that. Here the Apostle Paul says, it is a call to die. That may mean that you have to curtail your schedule. You can't play softball four nights a week. Shoot darts the other two. Pool when it's not softball season. I don't mean swimming. I mean shooting pool at the bar with your friends. And I don't mean your friends who are lawyers. It, it's going to change your whole life. Some of your ambitions are going to have to change. Some of your hobbies are going to have to change. Some of those things are going to have to be curtailed or they are going to have to die. Here is my advice to many a husband. If there is 
anything that you are engaged in that makes your wife uncomfortable, that needs to die. That needs to go. It certainly involves the crucifying of your flesh, being faithful, but it also is not yielding to lust, to anger, and pride. We all have our moments, but on a continual basis. On your wedding day, married men, do you remember that day? Some of you are like, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to remember that day. On your wedding day, your wife was given to you by God. By God. Now, every day since that day, you are commanded by God to give yourself to your wife. The biggest complaint today from wives, particularly the younger ones, is passive men that lack initiative. Yet Jesus Christ willingly and aggressively served and gave his life for his bride, the church, with an attitude of joy. And like we said about the wives last week, it was not a forced giving. Jesus gave his life voluntarily as a wife voluntarily submits to her husband and a husband voluntarily follows the command of the Lord to love his wife. Now, for many of us, this is a sacrificial love that is far beyond what many of us were raised with. Most of us were raised with the kind of love that just said, hey, listen, I'm the man, I make a living. But, but that, that's just one aspect of it. That's not the whole thing. This is also a man who is giving of himself in every way. He gives himself to his wife physically. He gives himself to his wife emotionally. He gives himself to his wife spiritually. Husbands are to mirror Christ in courage and compassion, as well as in strength and in tenderness. To say that we are men who follow Jesus, to say that we are men who have the spirit of Jesus, to say that we have men, are men who have our identity in Jesus, we must be willing to yield ourselves to the way of Jesus and to love, to agape love, the love of the mind and of our decisions towards our wives. Verse 25 ended, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, and we go into verse 26, it says that he, Christ, might sanctify, to sanctify is to set apart, and cleanse her, so he's cleansing the bride, the church, with the washing of water by the word. So we're noticing the, the, the bridal vocabulary now in verse 27 that we also saw in chapter 1, that he might present her, the bride, the church, to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now some of you guys just went, whew, thank goodness, Pastor Jim. That's about Jesus. That's, that's not about husbands. And yes, that is true. And we said last week that the Apostle Paul is one of those guys who brings Jesus into everything. But on the other hand, what he's talking about here is a sanctifying love, the kind of love that a husband must demonstrate towards his bride. 
Can we, can we do what Christ has done for followers of Jesus and the church? Absolutely not. No, no way possible. But this is indeed a pattern for husbands to follow. Last week, we said that a big part of a wife submitting to her husband was using her gifts to help her husband develop his gifts. Tonight, we seem to have the same thing, but in reverse. Husbands, you are to love your wives and help them grow into Christ-likeness. Husbands are to use their gifts to help their wives develop their gifts to be used for their family, for the body of Christ, and in the world. Uh, Pastor and, and author Kent Hughes put it this way, Is our wife more like Christ because she is married to us, or is she like Christ in spite of us? That's a tough question. Hopefully inspiring all of us to encourage the spiritual growth of our wives. Now, like Christ, Christ looks beyond just the moment. Husbands are to look long term. However, I've noticed a lot of times that husbands look short term. They think, you know what, I'm just going to get out of my wife's way. I'm just going to go along with it. I'm not going to make waves. And, and, I'm, and I'm going to just make it easier for who? For themselves. Because, you know, men, we don't, we don't like to get into these kind of battles. But a husband is to take interest in his wife's holiness. A husband is to take interest in his wife's cleansing from sin, so she is a beautiful bride. So I'm going to talk about my bride for a second. On December 2nd, 1989, I used to always tease her. We got married December 2nd at 4 o'clock, and I kept saying, I'll see you December 4th at 2, right? (laughs) She was afraid I was going to mix up the days. But on that day, my love for Pam made her a beautiful bride. You see, otherwise, why would she have been dressed like a bride? That was the day she got married to me. And so it was my love that made her a beautiful bride. That's the reason she put on that gown on December 2nd. But as her husband, continuing to make her a beautiful bride is still my responsibility. In fact, I think I have more of a responsibility to do that now than I actually did on our wedding day. I am to help her walk in the ways of God. And, and, if I don't, well, I have to overlook some things here and there, but if I don't kindly and gently point out areas of sin in her life, as she does in mine, that is not loving. Just for the record, she's a lot busier than I am in that department, (laughs) pointing out my sin. Someday I will stand before Christ, and I want to stand before him as one who helped position my wife for her godliness. So I am to encourage her in her devotion to God. I am to encourage her in her service to God. I am to encourage her in her service and devotion to her family and to others, and to the body of Christ, not just because she's the pastor's wife, but because she is a follower of Jesus. 
I am to do whatever I can do to help her and position her to grow. Real love is a sacrificial love. It is a love towards someone that you have invested your life in, and that life and that kind of love grows. Now, probably one of the worst places we can look to get see what real biblical love is, is movies and television and romance novels and, of course, dope operas. I mean soap operas. The media portrays love as romance or sex. And that's okay. That's okay, but, but that will only last so long. You know, it's, we say when you're, when you're a pastor, you're encouraging the, the non-married people not to have sex, and you're encouraging the married people to have sex, because that kind of stuff will, will wear off very, very quickly, because we all need more. Why? We need more than just uh, physical relationships. We need a spiritual bond. We need a, we need a, a, a committed bond. Why? Well, most of us who are married know this, that as much as, wonder, as wonderful as marriage can be, marriage also has a tendency to bring out the worst in us, doesn't it? Marriage is extremely sin-revealing. <laughs> it is extremely sanctifying. But as we, through the power of the Spirit, repent of our sin and try to rebuild the damage, the interesting thing is this. Did you ever... Did you ever try and rebuild something or build something with someone and it it brought you closer? It's an interesting thing the way God works. If you really work at rebuilding the damage of a marriage that has happened through sin, so many couples find that they found over the years they fall more in love, not less in love. I paraphrased Dietrich Bonhoeffer last week, so I want to get it correct. He said this, It's not your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on, the marriage that sustains your love. Interesting. He wrote that from prison. As it happens, men, we are to begin to use our position for the sake of our wives and others and not ourselves. Instead of abandoning or abusing uh, your position... By the power of the Holy Spirit, you use that position for love and for grace and for mercy. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So there's the motivation we are to love just as the Lord loves the church, for we, are all, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Now, we said last week that in the ancient world, a wife was like a piece of property to a man. You know, we read that passage from 1 Corinthians 7, and, you know, the guy would be sitting there and, and thinking, oh, yes, your, your body does belong to me. Did you hear that, woman? Don't you forget that. And then, and then when the Apostle Paul said, and the, and, the, and the husband's body belongs to the wives, it was time to call 911. That, that meant no more girlfriends on the side, no more temple prostitutes, no, no more of any of that stuff that was going on in the Roman Empire, in the Roman Empire. 
So in the ancient world, a wife was like a piece of property, but in the New Testament, she is one with her husband. Now, we have to really try and grasp how countercultural this really was, and today still is in parts of the world. Not to mention the fact, and I just, you know, just call him as I see him. When I see him, I'm often looking in the mirror. That men tend to be more selfish. Have you noticed that, men? Thank you for listening to Change by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? Changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.